Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by Catanzari Financial Services and Anderson Augustino and Keller. I'm with Tim O'Malley and Pete Sampson. I'm Tim Priester. And we are... Recording our uh, Irish Illustrated Insider podcast a couple days after Notre Dame's Echoes Awards. We were pretty good. We didn't do too badly. We were in and around the area. A couple surprises. I think maybe the main one was a little bit of a surprise, just kind of anticipating how we thought Notre Dame would, the players would vote for uh, Most Valuable Player. But um, anything surprise you there from Friday night? Pete and I were at the event Friday. Yeah, I was surprised that Ian Book was the MVP, um, considering not that he only played in nine games, but he only started nine games. Um, you know, the last time they had sort of a half-season MVP yeah. was Joe Schmidt, and that wasn't a very good half-season. And, right, they, and, and they was... won the other games that uh, yeah. Brandon Wimbush started. Right, the whereas... Joe Schmidt, you Kind of were like as soon as he won, I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> they were really good when he played, and then they couldn't win as again. As soon as they so. went in the tank, I mean, I think everything else was was pretty straightforward. I'm always curious, like in sort of a uh, deep cuts B sides way of um, who the scout team players of the year are. Uh, last year was Alohi Gilman, um, this year Obi Agufo on defense, McAsaf on on offense, which. Gave uh, the Ian Book apartment a five for five Echoes performance. Um, <laughs> that's it's nice. Ian Book, Asaf, Julian Love, Newsom, and uh, Nick Wisher. So Ian Book was the last one, and I was like, "Hey, man, it would have been pretty awkward if you went home and like everyone else got one and you didn't." And he was like, "Woof." There's some nice traits in that yeah. apartment. Huh? There was. Uh, they're locked in. I mean, a couple of people comment about newcomer of the year on offense being Dexter Williams. They're they're going to fudge things a little bit, and we said that on last Thursday that they're going to fudge things a little bit so that they make sure that the the seniors or or most of the seniors are awarded. And if a senior doesn't get one and he's a good player, it is intentional. Like when Sierra Wood didn't win anything in 2012. Yeah. That was on purpose. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and, you know, I mean, if Dexter Williams hadn't played, it would he would have been deserving of the award. Uh, but, you know, he had... <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know, I mean, he had, he had, a, he had a great year. And uh, really, I mean, I, I guess I, I get where they're coming from because it's the first time in his four years yeah. that he played a, a prominent role. Alohi Gilman is newcomer on defense. That's a gimme. Uh, you didn't you say Alex Bars for Father Lang? Yeah, I was uh, trying to yeah, fit everybody you're in. on that. I, Tyler Newsom, Petrosani Ward. I get that. Jerry Tillery was a gimme as Moose Krause Lineman of the Year, Special Teams Player of the Year Justin Yoon, Offensive Lineman of the Year Sam Mustafer, Back of the Year. They brought it back. They brought they, yeah, they brought back the Back of the Year because Julian Love is too good not to get the award. They came up with the Humble and Hungry Award for Jonathan Bonner. Uh, but you know, I mean, give the he look. He almost he had a rough year last year, twenty seventeen, in terms of injuries and stuff, and he came back. And, On that note, he had my favorite interview I think of this year when he talked about playing all. So he, if people missed the story during the year, he played all of last year basically with a broken wrist that wasn't detected because he went in for something else and then found out it was broken. Played the whole year, and that included going against every single practice and including August camp, Quentin Nelson every day with one working hand. And he said, "Yeah." It wasn't the best time I was having no. to put my football life no, last it's year. Tough enough, it's tough enough with two. <laughs> yeah. That's... It's it's an impossible task with two. Uh, Miles Boykin, Offensive Player of the Year, I called that one. Tavon Coney, Defensive Player of the Year, we all called that. Chris Fink, uh, I mean, talk about stretching the limits. Yeah. Yeah. Walk-on Player <laughs> of the Year, Chris Fink. Uh, he's, he's been a scholarship player for several years now. But, again, we get an Impact Player of the Year on offense, Chase Claypool. Impact player of the year on defense, most definitely Julian O'Quara. Next man in, Tim called that one Brandon Wimbush. And then I, we were all surprised I, I, that Ian Book was named most valuable player. I think we we'd all vote for him, but we were all surprised. Well, certainly, yeah. 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 I mean, I, you just, I think we all just assumed that Drew Tranquil, because of everything that he's done uh, la- uh, this year and prior to that. But uh, Ian, Bo- Ian Book, certainly, Pete, you said nine games, actually eight starts, right? 
Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Florida State. Florida State. So, right. I mean, that, you know, that even adds to it. Eight starts in in MVP, and good. It was fun. The uh, the the uh, imitations of of uh, several people in the organization, namely Jeff Quinn by Trevor Rulin, was was a classic. Um, who else was in that? Pete uh, kind of kind of overshadowed the whole thing. <laughs> he really did. <laughs> kind of dominated. Kurt Heinisch, which I didn't even realize was uh, was Matt Bayless. Let's see. The uh, you had I think Julian Love as Todd Light, Tony Jones as Autry Denson, Brock Wright as Chip Long, who apparently really likes either Fresca or Lacroix. I can't remember which one. Well, they that said Fresca, like, but I thought Fresca? it was a Lacroix. I thought okay. it was a Lacroix. I don't know. I have to get to the bottom of that. Um, <laughs> Nick Nick Wisher was Brian Kelly, which is probably smart since he only has a couple games left to play. Yeah. Um, I think of who else was. And he's the nicest guy. So yeah, and that was the one I left out. He won the Irish around the bend again. Nick Wisher. He won a national. He won the national. I joked that. Yeah, I mean, I joke. Well, he won a national award. This is two small potatoes, but he won it again for the second, at least the second straight year. Yeah, I guess. I mean, other awards. Brian Kelly won Home Depot Coach of the Year. Yeah, that Um, too. That was so. He's won it. He's won thirty percent of the Coach of the Year awards in the last decade. Two thousand nine, two thousand twelve, two thousand eighteen. Um, Julian Love did not win the Thorpe Award. Um, that, Tranquil did win the, the Warfel. Danny Warfel yep. yeah. uh, Award. And then didn't win the uh, Academic Heisman Award, which was won by Christian Wilkins uh, from Clemson. So, yeah, I mean, overall, I, I know Brian Kelly made some, like, offhanded remark about, like, he doesn't like awards season when you go to awards that you don't win that you should. I'm assuming that was all Julian Love related. Maybe he meant fake, too. Thing, was but, Fink yeah. even like a, a nominee for the Bullworth Award? I don't know. For... I, don't know. I mean, Hunter Infro's career just means he was getting it before he left. So we talked last time. He was clearly going to get that yes. award before he left. So I think he probably meant Julian Love. I think he meant Love, yeah, and, and maybe sure. and maybe Chris Fink. You know, yeah. if he has another year next year, like he well, yeah, has, he has had this year, then he would, he's certainly he's in position be, to do that. Hunter Renfro, as I said Thursday, I mean, watch watch film of him. He's he's really really good. He's just nationally known. You know, it's just a different situation. He scored, he scored in national championship games. Games, yeah, <laughs> against Alabama a couple. That's so, the thing. Yeah, but that was uh, that was sort of it for last week. And then, I mean, we get into to Brian Kelly post practice. I was not there in person. I just read the the transcript of it. But I don't know. Come when I was reading the, and then writing off of it, I felt like there were a lot of questions about things that didn't have to do with the actual playoff. Um, I don't know if you felt that way being there in well, person. Well, if you figure everybody that's in the room, you won't be surprised. Yeah, by that. yeah I mean, there's yeah the, the fresh the freshman contributor Fair thing point. is a fun utterance by Kelly, and now people are following up on it every time we talk to him. And it's just like as Pete was saying, prayer. It's like, look, he's not going to have a big role. The guy may or may not play. He's probably just being used in practice for this. Yeah. He might be a decoy, and Brian Kelly's not going to tell you who it is because then it takes away the one reason he hasn't been there in the first place right. is either a decoy or they go to him once. So. Those questions are like asking, hey, what are your trick plays for this game? Could you diagram them on this board behind you? Yeah, and I, you know, I mean, I, I think if you're just playing a, a just a everyday common bowl game, you're a little bit more likely to try something with, with a player that hasn't yes, played, right. I, a, yeah. I agree with that one hundred percent. But in a situation like this, man, you're gonna, you know, I mean, let's say player A makes a significant mistake, and 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 it's probably, I mean, it's probably just a a go route, right? I yeah. mean, it isn't going to be anything that's necessarily really intricate and end around, and he gets hit and he fumbles and. Yeah, you know. I wouldn't give him a jet sweep of the one yard line no. just for uh, no. reference to what we've right. seen in the past. With so <laughs> you know, is it Lawrence Keys? Is it Braden Lindsay? I we don't know. I don't know. I, and I don't think it's really. I kind of shot. We were doing the instant analysis afterwards, and Tim's like, "Set me up for it, and I shoot it down." And it's not going to play a big role. It's a playoff game. I'm pandering to the audience. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. yeah I know. I, I get that. And and uh, Myron Tangavaloa Mosa, who at first, as you said, Tim, it sounded like Brian Kelly was saying, "No, he's not going to play." But then when he was asked directly whether it was he could get ten or fifteen plays three weeks from now. He said, "Yeah, that was a that was a possibility." Do you believe that? No, no, I really don't, and I and I really don't. It, Tim, you and I talked about. It. I mean, as of now, until we hear something different, I don't think MTA is going to play. I agree. I, I think the freshman contributor might have a bigger contribution <laughs> than MTA. I What's wish it more was, likely? I wish it wasn't that way because they could yeah. use his no, ten could. snaps for Dew Treadway or five mm-hmm. snaps for Dew Treadway. But it's I don't want to make a light. It would really help if he's healthy. I don't think he's going to be. Better than 
a healthy player. Even my even he's I know I don't think Micah Dutrado he's had a very good year, but I think he will probably be more able to hold up yeah. for four plays than we will. Yeah, because it's if uh, Tagovailoa Mosa at like maximum was probably going to be a twenty twenty five snap player, which would basically suck up all the snaps that would go to Jason Adamalola and Micah Dutrado. Yeah. But Myron Tagovailoa is not even going to be close to that no. level. And look, we're going to know more in 10 days. Uh, today's the 10th. Yeah, he's getting asked too we'll, often without right. ever seeing that, practice. And, and by the way, they move things up a little bit, so the team's going to depart for their respective Christmases on the 20th, not the 21st. And they're going to convene in Dallas on the 23rd and not the 24th. I get, I totally get Brian Kelly as a head coach like, now nah, let's not wait another day. Let, yeah. Let's get down there. You want to get settled in. He said, you know, Christmas Eve, instead of traveling on Christmas Eve, they can do that as a team. Um, that makes sense. But, look, MTA, if he doesn't do something significant in practice, and they're in final exams this week, if he doesn't do something in practice at Notre Dame, I doubt very much whether he makes any contribution. I don't think Dallas. this was this was ASA, and I'm curious to, to find out if, if Notre Dame beats Clemson, do they all fly home together to South Bend? Do they stay away I'm, and practice somewhere else? Do they go to California? How does that work? Because the dorms are closed off still and everything. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. But they can make arrangements. For oh, that. sure. And and, right and, on, and but, you know, we're, we're, but if they I don't, but if they lose, then they would just go home. They wouldn't come back to South Bend. Go home, home. Yeah, like, yeah, to their own homes. Oh well, he but he was talking when we win, we're going to come yeah. home as a team. It's just like you would have to prepare for a couple of contingencies. Obviously, if they lose to Clemson, you go home and enjoy the the next two weeks. If they win. Do they come back here? How long do they stay? Do they just go out to California and practice there? Is there a point of being at Notre Dame? I don't, I don't know the answer. Like, the game is you, the you, following Monday. Do you so. send the equipment van from Dallas straight to San Jose, opposed to driving back to South Bend and probably, then the that country? they would probably do. I doubt yeah. that they I've, spend the money to house them for nine or ten days in San Francisco. I bet they go home Rubbing for uh, Notre yeah. Dame. Yeah. Somebody, somebody asked. It was a question. Didn't I bet make they go the home podcast. for normalcy sake. You know what I mean? Like they're home. Back to South Bend. They're home Sunday. It's, yeah, I think I think if, you, if you've week. now qualified yeah. for a national championship game, just go back to the campus and make arrangements to stay where you have to stay and start preparing for for the champions. Somebody asked about um, them moving things up. How do they arrange? How do they change those arrangements? I'm sure the players don't have anything to do there. I'm sure Notre Dame no. handles sure. that uh, completely for them. Um, five what names. else? Would, five, five names. names. That, that, yeah, you wrote the story, Tim, about Brian and Brian Kelly specifically. Said five players. That's the maximum allotment, by the way. Five players. I did some, oh, I I did actually, some research on. Oh, yeah, I actually. Yeah, true. Yeah. I did not realize yeah, five oh, okay. is the maximum so you can ask for an evaluation. Totally overburdened with, and and we're not exactly sure who the five are. Although we're pretty sure that it's Chase Claypool, Juli- uh, Julian Love, Julian Aquara, Julian Aquara, and Khalid Kareem. And then we assume Miles Boykin, um, because he's technically in draft status, an underclassman with a year of eligibility. I couldn't figure out if Brian Kelly was thinking along the same lines as us when he's does he think of Boykin that way. So I thought it was possible to Lohi Gilman, but it's more likely that it's Miles Boykin is because Miles Boykin has to be evaluated, like unless he's made his mind up. Yeah, so because you, I mean it, it would be different if Miles Boykin got an evaluation last year, but he didn't. He only right, had like twelve right. catches. There, there would be no point in that. So he probably is the guy. Yeah. But I guess there's there's a gray area there in that Alohi Gilman could be a guy instead of one of those well, other people. Well, if there's a five limit, then Gilman could be the fifth, and Boykin or maybe he's or a maybe senior. Julian Aquara just has already decided to come back or something like that. You know, there's guys that that's he's the more. Yeah, I, I would I, think he would. I think that, evaluation. Yeah, I mean he should, but I think that that that's a possibility that he just said no. I see Gilman more as probably making a three-year commitment to Notre Dame and then not coming back for his fifth year. Is what makes the most sense for right. That would be yeah. man. That'd be a huge blow. But I, you know, I mean, he's not very big. He's not going to yeah. run a four five four four five. Yeah. And so, uh, well, he's a safety. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I I would think that he's probably committed to Notre Dame for at least another but season. The new for people that didn't read it, the new system is uh, it's been a couple years in now. Yes. But, um, first round, second round, or what is it effectively called? Go back to school. It's a neither grade. It's, it's a neither grade. You don't. You're not a first round prospect or a second round prospect. And actually, didn't Sheldon Day get a neither? Uh, I know all four guys that. Well, not all four guys, but Tillery, Coney, St. Brown, Adams all got last year. Okay, neithers. Um, I be- Sheldon Day also got a neither. I believe Stefan 
to it got, got a, a second. second round and nicholas got a neither right yeah um i believe quentin nelson got a first yeah. or no actually no it was, it was mcglinchy got a first when he came back yeah after the uh, 2016 season so yeah it's i mean it's interesting to see, like sort of get the feedback after um you know th- decisions have are been made because mm-hmm. it just seems like it if you want to go you should go. I mean, there's no point in coming back to school if you don't want to come back to school. Although I think guys like uh, Day maybe thought he would get a, a grade that would allow him to go. Correct. And when he didn't, he realized, well, I'm not. I might as well come back and have yeah. a really good right. senior year. I mean, he had a great senior year. Yeah, and he so. did. All right, last thing, segment one. Our opinions don't matter, but I'll ask you them anyway. Heisman Trophy winner Kyler Murray. You, I had a, I have a Maxwell Award vote uh, from Football Writers Association. I voted for Kyler Murray. So I guess I would have voted for him for the Heisman too because mm-hmm. I, I do have a vote and he was my Player of the Year pick. I don't. Want, I don't. I guess I don't have a strong opinion either way. Either you're voting for the guy who set the all-time passer efficiency record or the guy who is has the second highest all-time passer efficiency yeah, record. Yeah, you know, and a lot a lot of people said you know that Tua didn't have a, a defining moment because he didn't wasn't playing in fourth quarters most of the time. Is is that absolutely essential? When did that become a criteria? I get it. I mean, I get it, but I mean, the defining image that everyone has of Alabama's quarterback play this year is actually Jalen Hurts. <laughs> it is, is it not? Yeah, well, it is. Yeah. But, but that's although a lot of people voted Tiger before that game, yeah. dominated. Yeah. Right. Well, that yeah, that, and then Kyler Murray. I think that some people think he should be penalized because the defenses are so bad, but. I, that he doesn't also, doesn't take into account his own defense being so bad. Well, but his own he, defense being so bad gives him more opportunity. He gets the football back in his hands quicker. But he also he, he and to has to like he had to come through this year. Like, like he, they would, Tonga Vailoa didn't have to do what he did for no, for Alabama to run the table. Kyler Murray needed every single no, touchdown right. he scored. Right. Otherwise, so, they would right. have lost. So more from, than once from that perspective, then uh, I have no argument if you want right. Tua. But I, I as yeah. I said, I had a vote for the MVP for the most for the best player in the country, and I picked Kyler Murray. So I was fine was. with either of them, and I think the best pro will be Dwayne Haskins. Yeah. <laughs> so people can look back at this ten years and be like, "How did Dwayne Haskins not win the Heisman throwing forty plus touchdowns? Like the other two guys were really, really good." All right, coming back for segment two, burning up the boards. The college football playoffs are here, and getting tickets online can be far too complicated. With hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability, it's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. By searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value, SeatGeek helps you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to ticket source for everything from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, Irish Illustrated listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code IRISH today. That's promo code I-R-I-S-H for $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. Irish Illustrated listeners get $10 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code IRISH today. That's promo code I-R-I-S-H. All caps for $10 off your first Seat Geek purchase. Our first question is from SR5452. Do you expect Trevor Rulin to start at center next year? Who is your best five for next year? I'd say Eichenberg, Banks, Hainsey, Kramer, and Lug. I think Rulin will start at center. Um, and then the question will be Lug or Kramer at right guard. I, I really think that's the only position that's up for up for debate. I mean, to, for it not to be that way, you would need... I think someone to come from all the way off the radar, whether it be like a true freshman, which I find hard to believe. I know Zeke Carell is going to play center next year. and Or I, Luke Jones. Yeah, I mean, one of those two guys. I think certainly both of them have more um, measurable ability than Rulin does, but Rulin understands how the offense works from three or three different positions at least, uh, which is exactly what you need at center. I have a hard time thinking a, a true freshman would be able to, to match that. I, and I just think Lug is too talented not to get an aud, a, a legit audition somewhere to see what would happen. I think some of these questions, come, and especially this list uh, with Hainsey at center, I think it comes from a couple years ago when we discussed we thought center was Hainsey's best position. 
but I haven't seen him do that. Yeah, I mean, so. it's one thing for us. We, to we all right, that opinion, right. But. I, I think I think this is a one year. Brian Kelly's had a lot of continuity at center with three year starters, basically. Um, I think Ruland's a one year guy they trust. As long as he doesn't get hurt again, they're just going to roll with Ruland. And then, yeah, it's just the. I, boy, you would. I you're can't th- imagine a senior Kramer. I know. I agree with what you're saying, but I can't imagine a senior Kramer not starting on the Rams team. That would just be. Yeah, that would I be agree. A poor. No, but you know, but they've they've gone to the the timeshare. Yeah, kind no, of I, thing. I agree. I, I would and also I, be disappointed by that. I guess. Well, and you're for, not. You don't want to take. I mean, the the experience that Hainsey has gained at right tackle, and you're going to yeah. throw that away, and and really, I mean, in essence, kind of weaken yourself at two positions because Hainsey would be inexperienced. At center, and now you'd be breaking in a completely new right tackle. I, I agree with you guys. I think um, I think Rule's best Ru- position is center too. Yeah, he's right, asked to play guard. Right, he plays wide. He's he's active with his hands and feet. Um, I think that I think that that's the right call. And you, you know, Lug goes into next year with th- uh, three years of eligibility remaining. So after Rule right. has gone, it's he has two, and there's there's plenty of playing time for him at Notre Dame. I wonder if uh, what they will do is kind of the contingency, though. That's going to be fun to watch in the spring because obviously you're going to go to have Luke Jones or whoever you want to play center be the the two. But they, that's where they work guys around, Corals, move around Corals a little an bit. Early entry, it's, yeah. But that's <laughs> all, all of the offensive yeah. linemen are. That that's makes, a, that really, makes it that's, easier for yeah. you in the spring that you don't have to tinker too much when you. Have I mean, these I think guys they will. Back. I want to say they'll have 14 scholarship offensive linemen in the spring. That's a, that's a which is unheard of in the spring for spring. Crazy. Sometimes nine. There's always guys like Logan Plant start the whole spring. Yeah, <laughs> they have to rely on those guys. Maddie Hebs 14. Please give your draft projections in a two round window for the following: Dexter Williams, Tillery, Bars, Tranquil, Coney, Mac, Love, Boykin, Mustafer. Boy, it's re- <laughs> for me that 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 writes these stories. It's it's just early for me to be making those kind of projections because I I, I don't know who they're competing against at this point. Um, what if we say day one, day two, day three? Day one is the first round. Day two is is it second and third? Correct. And mm-hmm. then fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. Unless you guys want to specify, no, I, I, I just good. I'm I'm not comfortable. Quite doing that yet because I I, I don't know the competition. Okay. Um, besides, anybody think there's a day one? I think Tillery could go in the late one, late first. That wouldn't surprise me at all. I would agree. I would agree with that. Just the physical dimensions and athleticism and athleticism well. and improvement and versatility because he can he can he can play in a three four. He can play in a four three. I I. I I never thought I'd say it, but I mean, he, you know, that's right. Yeah. I really, come all the way around. Well, I shouldn't, I, I shouldn't say never. I didn't. I, I, I never thought I'd say it. I didn't say it as a freshman yeah. and sophomore last year. It looked like he was trending in that. He certainly was trending in that direction. But when you add it all up, man, that's a hell of a prospect there. Yeah. Love day two. Love. I think love will be day two for sure. I feel like. Coney on day two is I, not a reach. Like it would be, it would definitely be third round. But I think Coney on day two is. I agree. Is I agree because I actually wrote down third round on Coney, okay. so I must yeah. agree. Yep. So I think that will be. <laughs> I agree with you and myself <laughs> and myself a minute ago. What about Dexter Williams? Though it's interesting. You know the the you know running backs. The, the, they aren't the you know the high pick commodity that they once were. But Dexter Williams is pretty. Yeah, you know he's pretty explosive. Um, if he could have, I think it would help him if he could have a two more games of uh, of really catching the ball in the backfield because that's what the NFL is now mm-hmm. is the running backs doing that. Mm-hmm. He just began to be viable in that regard this year, which is weird for that good of an athlete. But I mean, I'm, part of it's probably that he didn't know the playbook and all that kind of stuff. He didn't he didn't work on his right. I was going to be sarcastic, so he's, but he didn't he, work on that. Yeah, stuff, he's so. day he's day three. I'm just wondering so if too. he could sneak into the third, but I but I I, wrote I don't fourth think round there's enough. Yeah, I don't think enough. there's enough of a background for that to happen. He's going to run great. He's strong. I mean, he's he's look, but that's a day three guy. Yeah, you know, Alex Bars uh, obviously the knee. Although he is ahead of schedule, having spoken with him a couple times now, he's he's uh, he is ahead of schedule. But you think he gets drafted right, even with the injury? Yeah, I, I yeah, yeah I think end. he's I think he's a third day selection because I think there's enough there, and he showed enough in four and a half games that. That he was big time. I think everyone else is a day three pick. I think Alex Bars will definitely get drafted. Kaepernick Lewis Moore got drafted. Right. He tore his ACL in the national championship game. Um, I think he went in the sixth round. So I think Bars will probably go in the sixth round. I mean, somebody that you'd be 
thr- I think you'd be thrilled to pick him as like sort of a select and stash type of absolutely of prospect. Drew Tranquil, uh, you know the the medicals, the medicals uh, will, in the are, are yeah, going yeah, to. Yeah. But uh, you know, I mean, he. Well, there's nothing wrong with day three. In, in no, there. No, yeah, no, he, no. There, there isn't anything wrong with that. I think the medicals are are. Oh, well, of course, it'll depend upon what they actually show. But but he's played at the level that he's played at the last two years. He's a versatile guy that can play special teams too. He's like, I mean, I think just think he's one of those guys that'll be better pro than his draft pick. Maybe if he can stay healthy, mm-hmm. that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, he could, only, he could go in the sixth round, but play to the level of a third yeah. rounder his first year. I feel like Sam Musser will probably be the beginning of day three, though. I yeah. mean, Sheldon Day went in the fourth round. I mean, good players go in the fourth round, and I think I think Sam Mustaver has. I'm sort of like comparably impressed with Sam Mustafer as I was with Sheldon Day. Like these are really good college players. I don't know what the the yeah, pro Day, aspect will be. Day was so short was the only reason why we didn't yeah, think Sam, pro, Sam Mustafer is not built like Nick Martin was, uh, who went in the first, uh, second round. Second so round, yeah. I think he goes later than that. I, I do. I, I don't know that he offers enough for fourth round. Uh, doesn't move people off the ball. Doesn't have great dimensions. I also don't really remember where centers start. Going. Yeah, you know that's not. How about Boykin? Yeah. How yeah. about Boykin? I, you know, I third. I, I agree. He's on third the day. Team. He's on Notre Dame's I, team. Yeah, that leads us to our next question. I yeah. think he might be on Notre Dame's team. We can go to that question. Oh, but okay. where? Uh, yeah. Uh, where, where does he go what, though? What was he? Where? What, what will he run? I think he would be undrafted. Yeah, I think he could be undrafted. You think Miles Boykin would be undrafted? I do. I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with you because playing receiver in the NFL is yeah. really hard. Yeah, really hard. You got to be really, really good. He'd have to. I think he'd have to go. He'd have to go to the combine and run better than he has previously. I don't know how that would happen. Well, according to Kelly, no. But I mean, everybody guys can improve between now and the combine, or or uh, or. or, um, We have heard he tests great. I want to see it in a combine. I think in in some of the speed or. The power drills. I think he probably would test really well, but his hands are great. What. What do they care about in the NFL if you're a wide receiver? <laughs> like, how would he ever get open? I mean, seriously. <sighs> Play there in Rodgers, the ball just magically appears That's in true. Hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he would, I, <laughs> but, no, I mean, I think he can make plays on the ball. Obviously, he has a size advantage, but I hear what you're saying. He's, it's going to be very difficult for him to create separation you on know, the next level. You know, I once said about DeVaris Daniels that there are 200 of him. So I think that's fair to say about. I feel like I, there's more like 100 of Miles Boykin. I agree. I agree. Miles Boykin is Devaris more rare size, than Devaris Daniels. I agree with that. The but size, the hands. Devaris has turned into a heck of a Canadian football receiver. Right. Though. It's like yeah. he could almost be in the NFL did, the way did he Did we comment on Mac? I mean, he's definitely third day. He's third day, yeah. I think he'll get picked. I do too. Because he's just like he, he has enough athleticism to warrant picking him. Yeah. And there, just taking a chance. Yeah, he told us in his surly... Last interview that he's a 36-inch vertical, too. So. Yes. Yep, that'll help him. All right, following up on that question somewhat, Wash ND, if the best-case scenario happens this offseason, Love, Kareem, Okwara, Boykin, Claypool come back, and Crawford is full going to fall, how good can this team be in 2019? We will comment on whether we think they're coming back or not, but in answering the question first. Uh, if all those guys come back, that's going to be a heck of a team for Notre Dame. I mean, that, so you're replacing Tillery, which is huge, but you have – Coney and Tranquil. That's what I was going to say. That's the problem for me. The Coney and Tranquil thing, because they don't have backups in that realm of player yet. Um, I think they're almost harder. Well, those are two players, so they're harder Bilal to replace than Tillery. Pro- Bilal, but, uh, Bilal probably moves inside. Which isn't... Just, he's and, not as Simon, good as, and Simon moves in the starting lineup, right? Yeah. Yes. I'd still not... That's still a hard replace of Coney and Tranquil. It, oh, no, there's yeah. no doubt. I'm just, I'm just talking us through that. Well, I, that's I, a heck of a defense. They would still craft a nice defense around that that group of that no, and your pass rushing group and, and love and Crawford and Pride. I mean, and yeah, Gilman. and your your quarterbacks back, and you, yeah. you lose you lose Dexter Williams, you lose uh, Alex Bars, but you haven't had him. You lose Sam Mustafer, you lose Alize Mack. Uh, I don't think any of those losses are nearly as significant as what we just talked about right. up the middle on defense. Uh, love, yes or no. No, I think he'll leave. I think it's too logical for him to leave, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That, I would guess he leaves, uh, which goes against the last bit of information I had. But I'm not. I'm not I, I, will, I will. I will say he leaves, but I'm kind of torn there because I think that he wants to come back 
but Quentin, we were informed that Quentin Nelson, act, Quentin Nelson was actually thinking about, I mean, all things being unequal, I guess, he, yeah. he, he would have come back for a fifth year, but if he knew that he couldn't. it was just a really dumb decision not right. to look yeah. at it, right. that's what it is. I kind of feel like that's, the, Quentin, that's what's tugging at Julian Love. Quentin, too. though, was a graduating senior. Yeah. That is the one thing that Julian Love is not yet, you know, just to point, I mean. Yeah. Uh, How about Khaled Kareem? Back. back. I agree. I don't think that he... I don't. I don't think that he can make the choice. He can to help leave himself. If he want. Yeah, too. absolutely. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Quite a bit. It's absolutely. Julian Okwara. Back. Back. Also could help himself. Yeah. Chase Claypool. Back. Back. And Miles Boykin. Uh, that's the one we know. We're all. We're all. I feel like it's a. It's a toss up. Um, I think I'm going to say back, but like not by a lot. Like I think people want to know the answer to this question. And I understand why they ask it. But not every player has actually made up their mind. I know there's a a cynicism, probably for me included, when we ask a player, are you coming back or not? We think they're always lying to us that they say they don't know. I think this is is one instance where the guy isn't quite 100% one way or the other. Um, So the information I've got, I've got some people telling me he was definitely going to leave. Some people tell me he's definitely going to come back. Um, But I think that the information that would lead me to believe he would come back is stronger than, than the stuff that would make me think he would leave. So I'm going to say that he's back. Take that other source. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, I am completely conflicted because the it's most a, recent information no, it, I had is that he's leaving. But right. I, I, it's, that, that's a tough call. We'll find out. We'll, we'll find out. <laughs> just, let's uh, just ask him conveniently right before the game. Well, let's, let's ask him the next time we see him, yeah, actually. That's, that's and, allowed. And, next Saturday. And gauge... Um, how he reacts to it, and then we'll come and speculate yeah. some more on our <laughs> podcast. All right, I've got two questions here. I'm going to read them back-to-back because they're similar. Um, CMU Pence fan, do you expect Notre Dame to work the tight ends in the passing game and get some mismatches versus Clemson safeties, or will the tight ends be needed to block the Clemson defensive line? And then Golden Domer 73, do you think Clemson has a linebacker or safety that matches up with the LSA Mac, or do you think this is a matchup that clearly favors Notre Dame and something Notre Dame could exploit? I don't think that Clemson's linebackers are a real strength of what they're doing right now. They're not. Um, so I, I, I'm i trying to think of, if you took Alabama out of the equation, I'm not sure what team I would say Notre Dame's tight ends don't match up well with. Um, so Clemson falls into the group of everybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, w- I think that sort of muddying up the box a little bit and getting tight ends running crossing routes or maybe go routes, especially I don't think Clemson's safeties are that great either. Um, would be advantageous to Notre Dame. Now, they don't run a ton of two tight end stuff, but it's still probably like a third of the offense, yeah, they probably. Get a, they get plenty of Maybe data. it could be half of the offense, right. um, but I don't think it's suddenly going to turn into 80% of the offense. No, I agree. Um, I don't know if uh, Cole Komet will be <laughs> back like he will be next year. I mean, everybody you talk to, the reason Cole Komet did not break out this year was that injury, basically. Mm-hmm. Will he be able to be 90% of what he can be in the game? I mean, then you see Cole Komet being part of the plan with Alizé Mack, and then you can kind of get some stuff going. So I, what I'm saying, two tight ends. Like, you, you could really stress them if Al, if Cole Komet is Cole Komet in this right. game. Um, I don't know if how that works. Like, that was a pretty awful ankle injury. You know, it's and then he had to play on it all year. So maybe he won't be good. Maybe he yeah, won't be Cole Komet until. Yeah, I would think. I would think that he'd be closer to the real Cole Komet. I, I think. I think Chris Fink is probably the toughest matchup in the slot. I, I think Clemson has has some issues with whoever lines up in the slot, whether it's a tight end or 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 Fink. I, their safeties are. You know, I've been what I've been watching recently is South Carolina game, and and you can't just watch that because they they did not. Did not play well, but uh, uh, Tanner Muse, who's a big physical kid back there, takes some really ridiculous angles to the football many times, um, especially against South Carolina. So, I, I mean, I, I think when when you talk about, we're always talking about, well, wh- where does Clemson have the advantage over Notre Dame? I think Notre Dame's, whoever they line up in the slot, tight end or Fink, is a huge advantage for Notre yeah, Dame. Yeah, and I can see Jafar Armstrong getting involved Absolutely. a little bit in this one, too. Yes. Good health. Um, I do think Notre Dame's tight ends will be involved in the... Uh, whatever you recall, the deep inside the red zone situation because that's kind of a – well. It, it just stresses the defense more to think that they're in jumbo but then can, and you're, can and, down. And you are, you are going to have to keep them in sometimes to, to oh, block, yeah. and you're going to have to use <laughs> yeah. Tony Jones Jr. The advantage where, where uh, uh, you know, why does Clemson run the ball as well as they do? They have a they have a H-back full, slash fullback 
number 44 Williams, I believe his last name is. He's he's on the field all the time, and he's excellent. He is frequently their lead blocker, of course. That leads into the next question, actually. At MB Peters 24, any thoughts on nickel versus the base to start the game? Feels like a problem either way. Clemson's run game is too good to go nickel, but Renfro versus Bilal is a tough matchup. Yeah, I... Totally agree with the question. It is a problem either way. I agree with the statement made in yes, the question. Yes, yeah. um, I think they. I think you start in base because you need to stop ETN and Feaster first and foremost. If they're, I think we talked about this, they're averaging 260 yards rushing a game. If they're near the 200-yard mark, Notre Dame's in a lot of trouble. Um, so first and foremost, base defense. But... <laughs> I think you have to. They've got a good this game. Other than not not third down, I mean, obviously, I I, I agree. I think you have to trust your your corner. You got to trust your DBs against Higgins and Rogers and Renfro and Ross. They would just they would they would run too well in Notre Dame. They would they would. I I think I think it's got to. I think it does have to be base. Certainly, starting out, it has to be base. I don't know if. I guess, like, the difference in run support base versus nickel, like, I think Nick Coleman would be fine. Um, but I but, but it, I agree that it if, you can't stop Travis, if you can't stop Travis Etienne, yeah. you don't have a chance to win the game. I think it's almost what Tim is kind of talking about with when you're in nickel, it kind of, it kind of moves tranquil and oh, that did. screws up Coney a little mm. bit. Like, you know, it's almost it, like formational makes it more of a... It, I mean, at least it did at, at in the... Final portion mm-hmm. of the season when when Tranquil was frequently aligned outside of the box, that's not in Nordane's best interest. Yeah, I mean there were some times where Tranquil would get like somehow aligned outside the numbers. Um, that's bad. Like Notre Dame would be, I think Clemson certainly can have some success against Notre Dame formationally if they if they move if they get Tranquil and Coney moving before the snap. No, that's not good for Notre Dame. They are averaging, <laughs> they're averaging forty-five points a game, and it's because of this statement and question mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> yeah, so it's a good question. You cannot, you cannot. <laughs> it's pick your poison, and usually you're the one drinking the poison. I don't want to give away the entire preview for who and what to watch, but honestly, if Notre Dame just doesn't have their best tackling game of the season, then we're splitting hairs talking about it the entire time. They have to tackle great, and then they can have a good game. If they don't, ta- if they don't tackle well, this they will get give up too many points. Yeah, you can, you can tackle well against good teams, but you have they really have to tackle well. There are a lot. I don't. I haven't watched a ton of Clemson, but I do feel like the the big runs I see from Etienne are five on five box type situations. Um, Whereas Nordame's not going to be. We've talked about that. Just, They're not going to be able to let, run like that. Right. You <laughs> just can't let them get into five on five and situations. Even by tackle, well, I don't even mean ATN. I mean when that ball, you have to give up. <laughs> we use Chuck Martin as our joke. You have to give up the short hitch in these games and stuff like that. Yeah. You have to tackle. Well, the guy. I think mm-hmm. I think I think Clemson has some tackling issues sure. on on the back end of their defense. Sure. Yeah, it's um, that's a real challenge. I, I think that's sort of to me that's probably where the game's going to be won or lost for Notre Dame. Is like. You just look at Etienne at the end of the game. He has 20 carries, which he doesn't a lot. Um, yeah, they use four guys. He doesn't right. need to carry 20 but guys. But if their running backs are pushing 175, then yeah, it's not, they're in trouble. It's not good. Golden by name, what could Andy and Clark Lee do to make Trevor Lawrence have his worst game of the season? And that's relevant because he has not really had a lot of bad uh, Blitz the nickel, blitz the corner. Um that you know, the little Clemson tape I have watched was included the Boston College game. There are a lot of instances in that game where Boston College sent secondary guys on blitzes um, from the wide portions of the field, and Lawrence never really saw him. Um, it, he just identifying blitzes for a young quarterback is difficult in the same way that identifying drop ends is difficult for a quarterback right. like so Ian you, Book who hasn't played a lot. So you'll drop. Um... You know, a handful of times you'll drop a quar like they did against against USC. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, I mean, you you're you're going to have to mix it up and be creative. You know, he's not a guy that's necessarily. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about Lawrence now, um, a runner, but he can move. But he man. can run. But he is certainly capable of if 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 he doesn't have a choice and has to run, he is a big, good looking athlete in the open field. He won't do it a lot. But he's certainly capable of doing that. I think that, I mean, if he got a step on Notre Dame's linebackers, or probably Gilman or Elliott, like, I don't know if they're going to catch him. Um, he's 
he is really fast in straight lines. Um, I don't think he's going to make you miss necessarily, but man, if you if he can just hit a seam on a, a zone read and keeps it, and you you guess or read it incorrectly, man, that guy um, he's got some he's got some wheels. That's not really fair, is what you're saying? No, no. I mean, there's, cool. look, there's a reason why people think he's probably the best quarterback to come into college football right. in like five years. Well, and you got to get him. <laughs> you got to get him now because you're. Probably aren't going to get him in in two years in twenty twenty. I'd prefer they get him now. Yeah, I'd prefer that they get him now. <laughs> in, in this you, playoff game. So you would yeah. take a loss in Notre Dame Stadium <laughs> That's fine. in twenty twenty. I, I I won't even go. Yeah, that's cool. I don't, I don't have a problem with it if they take this one. I'm uh, I'm on board with that as well. K Beasley, K Beasley. What will Clark Lee's game plan be to stop ATN? It, it, it's actually pronounced ETN. I, I'm I'm quite sure. Uh, crowd the line, disguise blitzes. I guess we've kind of. Uh, already addresses with with Lawrence and the importance of stopping the running game. I mean, I think it in the same way that I feel like offensively Notre Dame needs to sort of do what it's done all year, sort of stick to its identity. I do think defensively they're going to have to do some new stuff. Like there's going to have to be some defensive wrinkles that they throw at Clemson that they haven't shown all year. I mean, how often do we talk to Notre Dame's offensive players of the year and it's like, well, we haven't seen that blitz from them since like three years ago right. on the tape, like. It would it would behoove Notre Dame to get Clemson talking about that after the game. I think uh, like bringing Coney on a delayed blitz, he's he's very he's very effective. You he can, is effective at it. He, he he was really pressuring the quarterback earlier in the year, right? Was, or or what he'll also come. I think you know it's like an automatic. If the guy if if the quarterback gets time and he hasn't released it yet, a lot of times Coney will go ahead and come and, and put pressure on him. You've got to be creative. I mean, there's no one thing. And I agree with you, Pete. I mean, I, th- I think you have to uh, you have to dig a little bit deeper in your defensive playbook. I think for for a game like this, and I think they have the right defense to do it because they are a veteran group at this point. I mean, it's, there's there's no one out there really where you're thinking they can't do this, they can't make these adjustments, they can't make these wrinkles. It's not like keep it simple. No, it has to have anything to do with this defense right now. They are no, yeah. There's and and I'm not saying I mean against anyone. You they could. You could give them something, and they will handle it well. Sometimes you're like, "Well, what wrinkles can you do?" Like, eh, I'm not sure you want to send anything out on these guys. You know, there's right. This is a defense that could handle making adjustments for three weeks and adjusting on the fly to what they have to do. I'd like to see if you can give me a half dozen corner blitzes in the game, which is probably as much as Notre Dame has run all year. Not you know, maybe just four, but like you can bring Gilman more at some than point. You can, more yeah. than once. Uh, blitz, love, or pride. Then I think, or or Coleman from the nickel. Mm-hmm. Um, then I think they'd be like, okay, you know, maybe this is kind of interesting. Um, I think that's what they have to do. I do think you will see Gilman. No, they, they've done this with Gilman, but he is he has a really good net. He covers a lot of ground yes. the way he times things. He can be twelve yards back out of your picture, and all of a sudden he's no, the guy. His, in the his, line. Anti- yeah. his anticipation as to where the football mm-hmm. is going is outstanding. At uh, Billy E. Smith, any players opting out of the game from either team? Something I hadn't considered. I can't imagine uh, with, this ever having a playoff game. With the news that Will Greer from West Virginia is stepping out of the Camping World Bowl, yeah, which I think everybody the difference. <laughs> everybody understands. Uh, I hadn't thought about anybody. We haven't asked Brian Kelly if anybody has chosen to opt out of a playoff game. Can you imagine the vilification of that player? That would be on bad. Twitter and for the person forever but, that is But and I, I'm not I am not laughing at the question because no. this is this is going to happen. Not this year, yeah, but it is going to happen soon. And the player in a playoff game doesn't it elects not to play in a playoff game and goes to the NFL. I would have a problem with that. I don't mean as me, which I would have a huge problem. I would have a problem with that as an NFL general manager looking at this right, guy coming to my right, team. Right, I agree with that. Because as that, soon as he gets his second contract, it is over for you. Don't you <laughs> think that? You think that's that's going to happen at some point? A playoff game? I just, I'm just saying. I'm just let, saying. Let me throw a hypothetical. Let's say Kyler Murray was like, you know what? I'm going to play baseball after this year instead of blowing out my knee against Alabama. I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna set this one out. <laughs> I mean, I, would I, you be like? They'd take his Heisman. I'd away say from, you could play baseball after blowing out your knee. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's in a playoff game. I can't. Yeah, I, I can't go. I, I agree with what Priest you're saying. Eventually, this will happen with somebody. It's a pa- I, I I agree that I guess it's a long time. So eventually, a, it will. You're the right. Th- the the, 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 the timeline is an, it, when your timeline is an infinity. <laughs> That's right. Eventually, everything will. All right. Occur. So, what's going to happen first? That or Nordam joins a conference? Someone will sit out a playoff game before I believe. I believe that. I believe that to be true. It's a. It's an interesting question because I hadn't considered it, 
but all things uh, all things come around, and that so, will. I guess first pick in the draft type guy that's already. I mean, what if what if Bosa hadn't? That's that's actually who came to mind. You know, Just, like if he hadn't if elected to sit out already, you know, if but he was you're returning, but like you're not a hundred percent. I think you would just sit out. That I mean, that that I could see happening. Mm. I don't know if that is like the spirit of this question. Right. I think right. they're they're asking about a healthy, a totally healthy player. You know, if I was half injured, That's I'm not sure I would oh, dra- yeah, I drag wasn't. my ass over the line to play only to really get seriously hurt. Um, you know, like rushing back from an ACL or you know something like that, That's, or like Nordheim's running back did in 2015 against Ohio State. Say it. <laughs> that oh, was pathetic. Right. That yeah. Was there's the that. That uh, happens he, too. He opted out after getting a play in the game and seeing that they're allowed to hit him. Yeah. That was weird. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last question from A-Bent, at Abent82. Uh, How would you compare this Clemson team to the one Nordame took to the wire in Death Valley? It's a good question. It's three years later. Uh, very. Different personnel. Their left tackle is the same. Mitch Hyatt. <laughs> yeah. I think the left tackle's better. He's grown. Yeah, he's, <laughs> but, uh... de- he's definitely better than he was three years ago. Um, you guys want to jump in? I, know, I'll jump it's, in. It's a uh, it's a hard one. Just to people looking at that game, that game wouldn't have been played the same way. I'm not saying the score would have been the same, but that game wouldn't have been played the same way without the hurricane either. I mean, Clemson got ahead, started protecting the ball, already started coming back, doing stuff. They hadn't need to do all year because they couldn't run the ball at all. I mean, Ronnie Stanley was getting whipped in the first, but yeah. does he get? Oh, you geez. know what I mean? Yeah. It just that 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 was such a weird. It was a really valued comeback ever by Notre Dame because they couldn't do what they had been doing to come back. Kaiser's first big game on the road and everything. I guess he had a big road moment already, but that was kind of a wing and a prayer. Virginia, yeah. I, I just think that game. I mean, Brian Van Gorder's defense held Deshaun Watson and the national champion runner-ups to twenty-four points. Wouldn't the game have been a little different? Not played yeah. in those conditions. Notre yeah. could have had a good. I'm not yeah. saying Notre Dame would have had a good. I'm not game, even I, like I'm not even really thinking about the Notre Dame game specifically. I'm thinking about. I'm also the thinking Clemson about Alabama game that yeah, year. And, yeah, the following year with the national championship. That was a good game. Clemson team, man. I mean, they lit up Oklahoma in the semi. That was and, a really good Clemson team. But did they have a better defensive line than they have now? Did they? I don't know. I mean, they had. It was um, really good. God, I'm trying to blank in. You know, this team, this defensive line is probably that had a two more. first, that had first round picks at both end positions. I, I like believe. their linebackers better then. Yeah, Bullware was really good. Bullware yes. was a college force yes. type guy. Yes. I, yeah. I like Mackenzie Alexander better than whoever they throw out there at corner now. Yeah, uh, and he, of course, I Will do Fuller, like AJ Terrell. He's he's yeah, good. They have good. Him. They yeah. have good corners, yeah. but Mackenzie Alexander was yeah. a no, great corner. Yeah, uh, he took Will Fuller. Out. I mean, the, he and the weather took Will Fuller out of that game pretty yeah. quickly. That was not an option for Notre Dame. You know, they're they're. I, I mentioned they're averaging forty five point four a game. They're scoring a touchdown more per game than than they were in twenty fifteen. They're they're holding opponents to a touchdown less per game. I hesitate to say this because Lawrence is going to be so good. He can have a great day. But Deshaun Watson was a heck of a college quarterback at that point. Yeah, I would. Well, yeah, that I, whole I would, season. I would season, take Deshaun I mean, Watson. Yeah. Then, then yes. over Trevor Lawrence today, but two years from now we may look right. at it a little bit differently. But uh, Deshaun Watson was awfully good. Yeah, well, I mean that was about the midpoint of Deshaun Watson's yeah. career yep. at Clemson, so he wasn't like Deshaun Watson. He wasn't right, but he still um, was. And Trevor good. Lawrence will be viewed that way at yeah. some point. Yeah, um, but he was a, he was a dual threat, whereas you sure. don't think of Lawrence um, as, as that now. I mean, I think that probably because of Deshaun Watson being a junior, that team was a little bit better. Than this team. However, this team will be much drier when they play Notre Dame than that team. So that is probably the mm. most. As getting back to O'Malley's point, like that's the most significant thing. <laughs> it's like that game was almost impossible to play in some right. ways. As you know, whereas playing in Dallas, dry, perfect conditions, you're going to see like the full <laughs> the full ability of Clemson. And honestly, it could come down to something similar of that game where Notre Dame's offensive line on the most important play of the game lost. To Clemson's defensive line at that end of the game, they had. A, I mean, Chris Brown's fumble really hurt that comeback because they were probably <laughs> taking the lead at some point in that game. Yeah. Not that Clemson couldn't respond, but that was ultimately what ended that game, ended and decided that game was just Elmer getting bundled. Mm-hmm. On the yep. t- you can't let that happen. This when you're at the goal line right. situation. And I mean, a very similar thing could could certainly happen in this game. I'm kind of going back and forth about, you know, is this is this going to be a high scoring game or not so much? What's the line? Fifty five and a half, yeah. something something like that. I could, 
you know, the defenses have put up great numbers, but the, man, I, I, the more I watch Clemson, the more I think that, you know, maybe it could be, maybe it could be high scoring. I hope it's not. I don't think that that's in Notre Dame's yeah. best interest. I like uh, to see Notre Dame's defense be, when you're watching the game, wondering, like, wow, this is, this, this unit belongs in this field. They are yeah, really, because mm-hmm. you know Clemson's defense is going to play well, but, so I'd like to see Notre Dame's do what we think they can how do. How many times do we think, uh, for an upcoming segment coming up in a in a podcast, we are going to go over our, our weekly picks during the season and compare who did what? How many times do we think that an opposing offense, okay, well, maybe they're going to have some su- yeah. some maybe. success, and then and then just flat out didn't. Many times. Yes. I mean, I know like Syracuse, I felt like Syracuse yeah. was going to score high 20s right. on Notre yeah. Dame. Right. You know, they got I had three. 31. I think I may have 31. That was that will be one of my bad picks that will be revealed. They got an ugly three, too. I mean, just to, like, yeah. bad, bad. I'm curious, like, how you guys feel about this question, because we're talking about how would you compare Clemson 2015 to Clemson 2018, and I feel like we're sort of like two votes, they're, they were better then, one vote, maybe they're better now, but... I think if you said who's better, Notre Dame 2015 or Notre Dame 2018, would we not all vote Notre Dame 2018? Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. Which, that was a close game, and now Clemson is favored by 11. Right. I just think those are sort of interesting but, dynamics. No, I, it's a great point, but I think what Tim says about a dry field that night three years ago, yeah, probably it, probably, it wasn't going to be a two-point game uh, just with the way that, that Clemson started out and probably would have continued to. Yeah, that don't mean if they played every week would have been like that. I'm just saying Notre Dame, admittedly, Brian Kelly admitted they came out not quite ready yeah. in that game. In Notre, figure I, out why, I mean, it's, but a, was... it's a better, it, regardless what the score was three years ago, right. it's a better matchup for Notre Dame because of the team yes. that they have. Now. Yeah, I, I think and Notre Dame's team, no one doesn't think Notre Dame. 2018 team is definitely better than the 2015 team. I don't know where it's not better other than. Well, probably O-line. Yes. That's that's a, no, you're right. And it's been important, and, one. But that's, that's the one, right? And that's a, that's the one, though, right? Yeah, that's why I think it. I, it you know, I I'm, that was I, injured, Joe Schmidt. I, I you was, know, that wasn't. Yeah, yeah, that was injured, Joe Schmidt. I know Jalen was great, but it, I was I was I was recently making fun of the the whole what if part. But wouldn't you just love to see last year's this last year's offensive yeah. line with this team, and then and then have these two teams go to war? I think it'd be plus Stanley. I like that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, hell, let's bring them all back. Bring them yeah. all back. Zach Martin, play guard. We're good. <laughs> then I know what I would pick. <laughs> all right, that's it for uh, Irish Illustrated Insider. We'll be back on Thursday to talk uh, about a, f- a variety of other topics as well. <laughs> we're gonna be we're gonna be stretching a little bit here, but hey, we're talking about Notre Dame Clemson. There's plenty to talk about. We're all gonna be watching a little bit more of, of Clemson and getting we'll a better review idea our, of what. We'll review our picks. Yeah, I think there's a chance that uh, that Thursday we'll be reviewing our game by game picks, and we'll reveal that uh, O'Malley's better at than we are, Pete. Yes, no, to, to no one's surprise, including Tim O'Malley. Yes. All right, that's it uh, for Irish Illustrated Insider. We'll be back on Thursday. Thanks for joining us. Irish Illustrated Insider is brought to you by Anderson, Augustino, and Keller, Attorneys at Law, with offices in South Bend, Indiana, serving the local community's legal needs with a diverse and innovative group of lawyers. Let their team be your edge on legal matters. Contact the lawyers at Anderson, Augustino, and Keller at 574-288-1510 or visit their webpage at aaklaw.com.